You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national. We cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, we've been doing this segment now for the last half hour that I called Back the Blue. Uh, and that's that's where we are. This show will always be there for the men and women in law enforcement who go where they go and do the hard things in the hard places. And we couldn't do without them. Um, I really appreciate it. By the way, the text lines are open. If you want to text in, you are welcome to it. Uh, the text line number here is 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Um, people are texting in already in that regard and, uh, and, and supporting men and women who do what they do in law enforcement. Um, uh, one of them uh, just uh, texted in. Where did it go? Darn it. Uh, Bert from Owens Crossroads says he did 20 years in federal law enforcement. Many of his friends are still in state and local offices. And he talks about the fact that we have cycles. It's like you have law enforcement's loved, law enforcement's not loved, law enforcement's love, law, and, he, and he references back to 9-11 when, you know, all of a sudden everybody wanted a police officer around. Um, but uh, I, I agree. Danny from Decatur talks about the fact that Riverside County, California, sheriff's deputy about uh, three weeks ago made a traffic stop, shot and killed by a three-time convicted felon. The judge had let that guy out, even though they have a three strikes law in California, um, and it shouldn't have happened. Uh, listen, we're going to go to the phones right now with somebody who knows better than me. Um, Everett Johnson has spent 20 years in law enforcement. He is now uh, the, um, uh, the, the head of the Fraternal Order of Police for the state of Alabama. He's been very outspoken on the issue of back in the blue and on legislation uh, that might help in terms of use of force standards. So without further ado, let me bring on uh, Everett Johnson, uh, Fraternal Order of Police. Thank you for making time for us today. How are you, sir? Hi, sir. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, listen, first of all, uh, appreciate what you do in your career and uh, some of what I've read that you've that you've said here and there. I appreciate you being outspoken. How about that? Well, you know, it, it, it comes a time where where you you have to put it out there in the light that there's segments of our society that don't support law enforcement and um, and call them out on that. You know, they. They, they they claim black to blue in front of a microphone and then turn right around and do things to undermine the the integrity of a law enforcement uh, profession and that's you know you just have to have to call them out on it and make sure that they are uh, looking at things in the true light. Well, and and I appreciate that. And yes, you're right. Um, and this show exists in part for that. The, let me ask you just before we get into the specifics um, with your career in law enforcement over two decades. I mean, it feels to me on the outside of law enforcement like we're seeing an increased anti-law enforcement sentiment around the nation. Am I right in saying that, or is that just my perception because the news picks up the hotspots? I think you're seeing a, a segment of our society that's not necessarily the majority, but a uh, minority segment of our society that uh, utilizes the media and any, any forms that they can to put a negative light into law enforcement. I think they promote that. Um, they magnify that. Uh, but I feel as a whole, the majority of our society uh, respect law enforcement, appreciate the job that they do. Um, but, you know, they, they're, they're the ones that, that have jobs and have uh, responsibility and, and are, are focused on taking care of their families and their lives and are not activists out here on the street trying to destroy our society. 
Well, that's a great point. And I do agree. I think the vast majority of our society still appreciates the men and women who serve uh, in law enforcement, um, the rank and file all the way up through the leadership. And, and uh, But let, let me ask you this. Before we jump into what use of force legislation could involve, you, you wrote a piece recently and it came out in AL.com, among others, uh, about the Darby family. And, I, and I'm not mistaken, I think we just had a member of the Darby family try to call in. We weren't aware they were going to call, so we may get them back on later. But... Uh, talk about the situation with Officer Ben Darby from Huntsville and, and what transpired there, if you don't mind. Well, uh, Officer Darby uh, was a Huntsville police officer. He responded to a or to, to back up some officers on a suicidal subject, a subject with a gun. Um, he arrives on the scene. The officers, uh, my understanding, the officers on the scene were not in a situation to protect themselves and to uh, put themselves in a safe place to de-escalate the situation. After many uh, officer Darby shows in, uh, comes into the scene, uh, immediately begins to take control of the scene and and gives the uh, the guy with a gun seven opportunities to uh, to drop the gun and and to surrender himself. The guy refused. Uh, apparently made some type of overt movement that officer Darby felt like was a danger to himself and the other officers, and he and uh, had to use force to uh, end the situation, which resulted in the death of this individual. Um, he was cleared by his agency for uh, for uh, policy and, and procedure purposes. Uh, they found that he did nothing wrong, but yet the uh, prosecution district attorney's office uh, felt differently, and they proceeded to press charges against Officer Darby and uh, had him arrested. He was convicted uh, for, I believe, manslaughter, and he's now serving time at uh, Limestone Correctional Facility. Well, you know... <laughs> Okay, I, I look at this, and, and from your description of it, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time fathoming that there was a conviction. I mean, number one, he was responding. There were multiple officers on the scene. The guy did have a firearm. He, he, was, he was threatening, and, and, and Officer Darby had resisted taking immediate you know, uh, action to use force. Uh, he was very restrained. Seven times he warned the guy. But then you're telling me that he basically was cleared that the Huntsville PD found that it was, and I hate to use the term, but it was a good shoot, I guess is what I would say. That, that that he was cleared by his own agency, and yet the DA still found, um, and I guess a jury found that he should go to jail. Am I right? Yeah, that's correct. Unfortunately, so yes. Well, so the standards in the law, and I'm an attorney, so the standards in the law can be applied. Like in a medical malpractice case, you look at not did the doctor make a mistake, but did the doctor act outside of what the reasonably, you know, um, the reasonable standards would been for another doctor in a similar situation. You know, within a reasonable degree of medical certainty, did he act correctly? But then we're looking at now, within law enforcement, what's the standard? So if somebody, you know, a police officer, has to shoot someone, what standard do they apply to that officer, legally speaking, to see whether or not he or she acted outside the, the bounds? Well, that, that standard, it depends on uh, uh, what uh, prosecutor is looking at um you know uh in the in the civil side of things uh graham v connor is the is the standard on a civil case but but when you're looking at law enforcement particularly on a i would call a criminal side where you're investigating that case to determine if if that officer acted uh in you know in, in with type of criminal intent um it just depends on what uh, what attorney you ask as to whether that's the standard or not and uh so that's why you know with with graham v connor uh the Supreme Court ruled about uh, the standard or, or looked through the eyes of the severity of the crime at hand, whether that person posed an immediate threat to the safety of the officers or to the general public, and whether they were um, actively resisting arrest or attempting to evade arrest by flight. 
you know, and, and so with with uh, Officer Darby's situation, you know, the, all three of those things were at issue. You had a subject with a gun. He he had uh, he had the the means to cause harm, and he was resisting what we call would be arrest when he's refusing the orders of lawful orders of a law enforcement officer to surrender that weapon and and, and be allowed to have himself taken into custody. So well, so um, I guess I guess part of the the issue then is. Does Alabama need legislation that establishes a true legal standard by which officers will be held in the event they have to go stand before a criminal proceeding? And in and, and the Grand well, Conner standard you talked about, it actually came out as the objectively reasonable standard um, in, in light of all the facts and circumstances. So do we need to have that declared in the law so that it's a, a, a clear application across the board? Well, I, if we don't have it in the law, then it needs to be a, a, adopted by our uh, investigators around the state, as well as our district attorneys, to adopt that. But you know, to codify it—that's that's a question that legislatures need to ask themselves. If that is that the case, but we definitely are looking for a standard of investigation and prosecution when it comes to uh, looking at this thing through the eyes of a law enforcement officer. Well, so um, I know your your organization, the Fraternal Order of Police, advocates on behalf of uh, men and women around the state that serve in law enforcement. So. Are you guys proposing legislation this year? Do you have any advocates within the state legislature you think might take this up? We're actually in conversations uh, about that at this time, but we're looking more for, um, you know, during this. Oh, did we lose him? Ways to standardize investigations. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, hey, uh, Everett, you, you, you broke up there for one second. So start that back again, if you don't mind. So when the when the article was written, we were discussing that, but and, and that is still on the table. But you know, more ways than not, we're trying to find, or excuse me, more more than so, we're trying to find ways to standardize uh, the investigative practices and the use of force uh, when it regards use of force for law enforcement officers. Okay. So we feel like if we could get some type of standardized investigative purposes, as well as uh, present those investigations to a district attorney to determine that that the officer met those objectives or did not, then you can go from there. But, but you know, a, one district attorney thinks differently than the other. And this is not a, a, an assault on our district attorney's offices by no means. We just want to know what is expected of these officers when it comes to their training and their response to situations. And here, in this case, Officer Darby uh, followed his training. He had had uh, additional extensive training on how to handle uh, these situations, and he responded according to his training, but yet was prosecuted. Well, how is that fair to the law enforcement community when you when you put these standards of training there, but then at the same time, we are going to be prosecuted for abiding by those trainings? Well, and how is that fair to his family? Um, and, exactly. And I, and I look at that, you know, there, there was... There were times uh, in my service uh, downrange when the rules of engagement were very uh, difficult to navigate, and um, and that's what you're dealing with right now. What are the rules of engagement, and then how will you be held accountable later just for doing the job that you were trained to do? Hey, um, Everett, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate what you do, the men and women who serve, uh, and uh, you got a friend on this show, and so we uh, hope to have you back on sometime soon, all right? Absolutely. Thank you for the, for the opportunity to talk. All right. Thank you, sir. That was Everett Johnson, 20 years uh, as a law enforcement officer in, uh, in a, and an officer, rose to the rank of lieutenant down in Montgomery, now serving as the president of the Alabama Fraternal Order of Police. Um, that's an interesting dynamic. And I tell you what, uh, if that was a member of the Darby family a moment ago, Burma, then we just need to get him back on the line if we can and see what's going on. But uh, all right, let's take the break right now. We'll do it. Number one of the Triple Dipper, Back the Blue. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back. 
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right, covering the entire northern half of the great state of Alabama. Uh, hey, listen, we're going to go to the phones again. I did not expect this. Uh, we're about to have uh, a guest caller. Uh, and I will tell you, too, Raven from Russellville just texted into the show, and he said, Phil, I advise all right side ruffians uh, to support the police to become associate members of the Fraternal Order of Police. Just his opinion. That's a great idea. I didn't know you could be an associate member, so there's that. Uh, but let me go to the phones. Um, so a moment ago, we talked with uh, Everett Johnson, and in the course of the conversation, one of the things that he cited was the case of Officer Ben Darby from uh, Huntsville, who um, uh, is now uh, at 17 months, I believe, in prison, um, convicted for, some would say, just doing his job. On the phone right now is his wife, uh, Keelan Darby, uh, who is also in law enforcement herself. Uh, Ms. Darby, how are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you. And uh, you guys have been through it, but um, do do me this, if you would. Shed some light on the circumstances uh, as you understand it uh, with your husband and, and where y'all are at right now. Yeah, so um, like Everett said, he was he responded to a call for service when officers asked for help. He got there, uh, saw that the officers weren't handling the scene from a safe vantage point. He stepped in gave Mr. Parker several opportunities to drop his weapon. He didn't do that. Mr. Parker posed a threat to them and made a movement. Ben took that as a threat against himself and the other two officers, and um, he had to stop that threat in front of them. We went to court after, so that was in 2018. We didn't go to court on it until May of 2021, um, which was a fiasco in itself because of COVID, and I wasn't allowed to go into the courtroom um, it was completely closed off to the public. We watched it through a Zoom feed, which in turn was turned off with no warning, which is a closure of the courtroom, which is a violation of his rights. Um, we go through the week of trial, and the jury convicts him. The jury wasn't properly instructed on, and you're an attorney, so you, you're you aware yeah. um, of how that works. They weren't given proper jury instructions. They weren't given relevant testimony to hear. They weren't allowed to hear from a training instructor that trained Ben on the concept of action versus reaction. Um, many relevant things that exonerates him is exculpatory evidence that would have not, he wouldn't be in prison today if those things were heard. But that jury, in my opinion, and several others, was forced to convict him, and they convicted him of murder, um, which currently he has a 25-year sentence. Um, and the, the crazy thing is, at the very beginning of all this, the DA said, just fire him and we won't convict him. The city of Huntsville and the chief and everyone there said he didn't do anything wrong. We're not going to do that. The DA charges him. Uh, we go through the court process, wait for COVID, finally get a trial. Right before trial, the DA says, take this uh, plea of manslaughter, no prison time, five years probation. You won't have to go into custody. Ben says, no, I didn't commit manslaughter and I didn't commit murder. I'm not going. I'm not taking the deal. We go to court. He ultimately gets found um, guilty. And then we go to sentencing and he asks for 25 years. The state minimum in Alabama is 20. So tell me it's not personal when you say just fire him and we won't do any, we won't deal with him about it. And then you ask for 25 years. There's no, there's no reasoning for that logically. Let, let me ask you this, uh, Ms. Darby. And, um, and by the way, thanks for, Thanks for calling in. Thanks for uh, what you do personally. And I, I guess I guess you're still on the job in law enforcement too right now, aren't you? So I won't say where, but you're in another force. Um, 
Yes, sir. I, I've, this is my seventh year. Um, I work uh, as a sergeant over patrol over a 12-man unit. Well, um, well, thank you for that. Um, so the situation with your husband, I mean, I look at it and think, yeah, I hear, I hear, I heard five or six things in there that are appealable. Um, was there, I mean, not the least of which is the closing of the courtroom, which created an unusual environment that, that made it uh, suspect, but, but are y'all on appeal right now? Does he have appeal, appellate processes underway? Yes, we are under appeal. Um, we filed February 1st of last year. We had oral arguments granted to us in August and actually had that hearing November 10th, and we're waiting on the Court of Criminal Appeals to issue that decision. Um, we have not heard anything from them, and unfortunately, they have no timeline, so they can answer us today or they could answer us yeah. next November, but there's no pressure on them to make a decision. As the, um, so uh, I, 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 I have to sorry. ask you this, too. So you've got a situation where your husband was cleared by his department, backed by the city. Did they provide you adequate counsel, or did you have to pay out of pocket to your, your own legal fees? So they provided us counsel for his initial trial, um, which was a blessing in and of itself because that was over $125,000. Wow. Um, so the city took care of that. We are on the hook for his appeal, and we're about at that, we're at that amount now. So um, people have been generous in donating helping us with his appeal costs. Every cent that is donated goes to appeal fees. I don't take anything from it to live on personally. So um, we've had major people back us, including the state FOP, like uh, Mr. Johnson, who was just on. The national FOP uh, supports Ben Darby. The Pipe Hitter Foundation. Um, you go to standwithdarby.com, and people can hear more, learn more, and uh, donate to help us with that. Well, I tell you what, I hate to do this to you, but I have a hard break that I can't get out of. It's going to about to start in about 30 seconds. But let me just ask you this. Would you mind holding on during the break and finishing up with us when we come back? Absolutely. All right. You stay tuned. Unbelievable. All right, folks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, covering the entire northern half of the great state of Alabama. Listen, there's sometimes we do a show, and the moment that you're in gets a little bit, uh, it gets gets viral. Like, you know you got to stay on it. You can't just say, okay, it's time to switch to the next segment, but this is one of those. Uh, started off today with a whole segment called Back the Blue. Talked about the fact that there is a defund the police movement nationwide that has done nothing but hurt. Uh, that uh, law enforcement uh, still has the hardest job they ever had. In some places now they have fewer assets to do it with. And then we had uh, Everett Johnson on. Chief, uh, or Chief Johnson was, uh, for, is, is currently the president of the Fraternal Order of Police statewide, advocating for what he's calling um, use of force standards to be applied. You know, just like we have in other lawsuits or, or criminal cases, there's a standard. You know what the objective standard is to apply to the situation at hand. And 
his implication was that there's not that in law enforcement. Right now on the phone, we're going to go back and talk to uh, uh, Ms. Keelan Darby, uh, who is the wife and a law enforcement officer herself, but, but the wife of uh, Officer Ben Darby, who is currently serving time uh, in prison uh, for uh, having been convicted for, um, uh, you know, basically the crime of doing his job, it sounds like. But uh, let's go back to the phones real quick, Boomer. Uh, Ms. Darby, you still there? I'm still here. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for hanging on and uh, and, and taking time with us. And, and let me ask you this. I got a couple of questions, but I also want to get back before you leave. I wanted to have an unfettered moment there for you to tell folks how to support y'all's efforts, because towards the end of the segment there, I felt like it was going to get too rushed and people wouldn't be able to hear it. And I want to get that out in a minute. But let me ask you thank this. You. Was this was this case? You know, we saw so much right now, like with the George Floyd uh, situation and others. Was your husband's case, was it politically or racially charged? Was it, was there, were there activists involved in this or was it just literally a DA and that was it? I would say it was just the DA and uh, a couple prosecutors out of Madison County. Um, we didn't have riots. We didn't have, you know, there's no racial element. Um, ben is white and Mr. Parker was white. So there's no racial element. Um, it's just, it happened in 2018 when everyone hated cops. And it didn't get tried until 2021 um, during jury selection. Ben was um, compared to Derek Chauvin. Well, the only two different, the only two things that are similar to them are they're white. They're both white cops, or they're both white males who were police officers. That's the only thing that puts them together. Um, and that's just false. It's inherently false that they're not the same person. But yet, that was allowed for the jury, the selected jury members, to be heard that. Ben Darby and Derek Chauvin are the same. Well, that's inflammatory. The um, uh, I would I would imagine that his attorney objected, but you wouldn't know because the video feed was turned off. Um, uh, well, so so let me ask you this then: You guys are in the appellate process right now, and and hoping for something good from the Court of Criminal Appeals. Um, what uh, if 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 folks want to help you with this, and that's why I wanted to get you back on the air too. If folks want to help you with this, if there is there a GoFundMe site? Do you have a? Uh, I know you told me that people have been good to try and, and assist, and I've already got people texting my show right now saying, "Tell us how to support her." How do they do it? So we have a website. Yeah, so we have a website. It's StandWithDarby.com, and on there we have two different portals. One is through the Pipeitter Foundation, which is. Um, concerning Eddie Gallagher, who was a Navy SEAL, who was yeah. uh, wrongfully uh, charged of killing an ISIS person and was thrown into jail, um, was a later was later acquitted. But he, him and his foundation um, help law enforcement and, uh, I'm sorry, first responders and military when they get in trouble for doing their job. And so we have a portal through them. You can go to pipehitterfoundation.org. Or you can just go to our website and click on the donate button, and it'll bring you to that. And then we also have a, a portal through Fund the First, which is also on our website. Um, we didn't go through GoFundMe because they are anti-cop, and uh. they don't help um, police officers in need. So um, we went through uh, the Pipeter Foundation, um, which is awesome to have their support and their backing because they went through what we're going through right now. Uh, the Gallagher's went through all of the court process and being illegally charged or uh, wrongfully charged and thrown into jail for doing simply your job. Well, listen, uh, officer Darby, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you're doing and, uh, and, you know, blessings on you. And uh, we hope to hear good news from the court of criminal appeals. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to post that website, standwithdarby.com. Uh, so our listeners and our watchers that are live streaming the show, 
uh, can actually see it. Uh, but it's uh, it's out there, and I think people are hearing you. You're, you're broadcasting over half the state right now. So uh, thank you for what you do, and keep us posted on what goes on, okay? Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, we're very hopeful for the appeal process. We're just waiting on the courts to make that decision, So, and that could be any day now. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, again, thanks for your time. Oh, thank you. my gosh. That's just okay. That one wore me out. Um, but, folks, I'm going to tell you, it's a thankless job sometimes. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, as soon as you don't have them, you'll know it. Because, you know, the, the people who go, oh, you law enforcement, you just want to pull me over and write me a traffic ticket and make my life difficult. I guarantee you, as soon as you need them, you'll be saying, where's the police? <laughs> yeah, won't you? Um, well, you know what? I'm preaching to the choir right now. Although I'll say this. I got saved while I was sitting in the choir. How about that? I did. I accepted Christ while I was singing in the choir, so don't stop preaching to the choir. So let me just tell the choir right now, all you right-side ruffians out there, uh, this is a big deal. And so, I, and, and let, it, let it be something that becomes pervasive in your life. Have that moment when you're sitting there at the coffee shop and you see two officers come in to get a cup of coffee. Maybe thank them for what they do. Maybe uh, take a minute and buy their coffee. Or for that matter, you know somebody at church. Tell them that, you know what, you were on their mind, and thank you for what you do. Or for that matter, you might want to go to this website uh, for the situation that we're looking at right now, standwithdarby.com. If you believe that that's something you want to support and you want to help uh, Miss Darby, Officer Darby herself, uh, pay the legal bills for her husband just to see whether or not they can find a way through the morass uh, of what he's having to deal with, then then support him. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, – Wow, what a segment, Boomer. I mean, yes. So here's the thing. We're going to move on to the next segment, and we're going to have some time to talk about school choice and things that are happening in policy. But, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, um, this show supports the men and women blue, and and I'll be honest with you, I don't even mind saying it. My decision-making when I see an incident that's portrayed on TV, my, my initial gut is to err on the side of the police. Why is that? because I know they're training, because I know they're calling, because I understand what it means to be in hard places doing hard things, and I know what it means to go home at the end of the day and just be thankful that you're there. So that being said, this show, and I, and I make no bones about it. If, if they're wrong, I'll say it. These guys in Memphis, I may have to say something tomorrow. Who knows? But the, but the, the gut reaction that this show is going to have is to err on the side of the police. So... Men and women in blue, we back you. We love you. Thanks for what you do. Boomer, let's go ahead and take the break about two minutes early. We'll come right back, and we'll jump into the next segment, start talking about things about policy and moving to school choice conversation coming up top of the hour with Becky Gerritsen from the Eagle Forum. You're going to want to hear that. Is there going to be legislation this year? I do believe there is. The question is, can we get it passed? All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> 